Okay. Welcome back to Goonies World. This is Goonie, also known as Colin. And I'm joined remotely for the first time by Johnny Farrow, also known as Sean. Hello, everybody. I'm here. And Meanie, also known as Ryan. Hello. And I just heard something, another bang <laughs> behind me sounded like a freaking gunshot or something. I don't know if a mic picked it up. Not on my I earphones. Hear, uh, so. No, but uh, well, I'm glad we're doing this remotely so that the boogeyman that's outside your window <laughs> will not uh, hurt me. But uh, yeah, of course, we're all... Uh, we're, we're doing this remotely for the first time uh, because of the whole COVID-19 thing. But luckily, we don't have to talk about that today because we are going back to a much more innocent time, a much happier time for some. Well, maybe not for everybody. We're going back to the 1980s, and we're going back to the spy game. Now, you don't need to have listened to any previous spy game episodes to, uh, to appreciate this one, but we... Uh, we have chronicled the adventures of Agency X. It's a shadowy organization that really only a few dozen people in the world know about. It's an independent international intelligence organization. It's existed since World War II, and its interests are roughly allied with those of NATO and the Western powers. They are chiefly here to oppose an equally mysterious organization called the Cabal, which is a group of uh, ex-Nazis and other uh, criminal renegades that seeks, seeks to, you know, destabilize governments and topple economies uh, for its own nefarious purposes. And this struggle has been going on since the Cold War. And one of your characters, Goonies character Niles Thorpe, he's been around almost that whole time. Uh, he's an older fellow now, but he was, uh, he was a wild super spy back in the 60s, back in his day. He has since been given a partner in the agency, a brash young newcomer from New Jersey named Vinny Rigatoni, who Ryan is playing. And they've already had one adventure together in which they, well, they saved the whales, is basically what it boils down to. But they also dealt with uh, some ex-Nazis, a woman named uh, Anna Alexandra, uh, so-called Ice Lady, and... Uh, so they have some experience in that quarter, and maybe that's why they're being brought back together for another mission. And they find themselves at the secret headquarters of Agency X, a place called Annex X, which is six stories below the Washington Monument, just right under everybody's noses in Washington, D.C., even though it's this international organization. And uh, you're called into the office of Section Director Alexander Keene, who you've met before, and he's a very old man. He's even older than Niles, but he has a baby face with watery blue eyes. It's very disconcerting to look at him. He must be a Navy man because in his office he has like model ships, uh, you know, up on the, on shelves behind him, and he has a desk covered with dozens of phones of all different colors. And uh, you both arrive at more or less the same time, and he gestures for you to come in and sit down in these big leather chairs. He uh, starts loading up his pipe with that Cavendish tobacco and your gestures for you all to smoke. Greetings, greetings. Good to see both of you together again. How are you? How are you both? I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, that's good to hear. You're doing, doing pretty good. Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, well, that's Ronnie, it's been a long time since I've seen you. Who are you talking Ronnie, 
Ronnie Ravioli is your name. <laughs> I think you got me mixed up with some other person or something. I, uh, I'm, my name is Vinnie Rigatoni. Uh, yes, oh, yes. I, I, the, okay. Uh, noodles. N- I'm just going to call you Noodles from now on. <laughs> Niles, I certainly hope this is a example of your famously wacky sense of humor. Well, you know, it's just names. I remember faces. That's what matters. Well, it's your experience is why we need you here today. And once again, we feel it would be best to partner you up with Vinny due to his, uh, well, his, his younger physique, his quicker reflexes, so on and so forth. And it's, again, he hasn't had enough of your wisdom yet. Last time you were able to impart some of that to him, I believe you guys shared many experiences, including one Miss Charity Pinch. Well, we uh, shared her all right, yes. Yes, yes. But uh, at any rate, um, how have you been keeping? How's the mission go at the uh, at the Shady Palms home down in uh, Miami? Uh, I think they're all Nazis, but um, I don't know. Um, it was uh, rather boring for me. You know, I, I'm still a man of action, even though I'm older. I still like to get out there and fight and shooting all that and was oh no one believe me believe me nobody doubts that you like that uh vinny vinny tell us uh tell us just a really briefly uh recap me with what's been going on with vegas i know sex and director condor out in california was handling that but what was uh what was how, how are you doing there oh uh, you know doing good uh, doing real good uh you know, I, I, I tracked down uh, Sergey uh, Anatov like I was supposed to do. Uh, yes, it took, yeah. took a bunch of time. Had to, you know, get in, had to jump out of a helicopter and uh, rappel down the side of a building to get into. A, I saw that. I saw that in the fire. I, I jumped off the roof of the old folks' home. It was very exciting. Well, that sounds like can't. Oh, it was a, a tra- like trying to trying to off yourself there or something, Niles? No, I just wanted to let you know I've been in action as well. Maybe it's not probably a can- jumping out of helicopters, but I, probably a, you know, probably a cannonball into the pool at the old folks' home, jumping off the. Roof. How were the? Uh, how was the ladies at the uh, old folks' home there, Niles? Oh, that's uh, for for me to know, and uh, maybe I'll tell you later. Someday you'll find out in about 40 years. <laughs> well, at any rate, says Alexander King, we need you back together for a mission in Macau, of all places. And we'll get to oh. that in a moment. Macau, oh, yes, it's uh, near Hong Kong. Well, it's near Hong Kong. It's a Portuguese colony with a very strange legal status, uh, currently being tolerated by the Chinese communists. Uh, similar to the way Hong Kong is, but uh, Macau is a very lawless place right now. You know, the Portuguese tried to give it to China, (laughs) and uh, China would not take it for various political reasons. And so uh, it's essentially a lawless place. There's uh, uh, complete freedom of import and export. There's no exchange rates. Uh, It's the hub of illegal gold trading and diamond trading and the opium trade throughout uh, the East. And uh, it's the perfect place for an illegal auction, an illegal auction that you two will be attending. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with a South African art dealer called Diamond Face. This is his legal name. However, ironically, the man has been forced to wear a mask made completely of diamonds after a terrible mining accident at a diamond mine in his, in his youth. 
he uh, every year hosts this art auction that brings various villainous people from around the world together to indulge themselves in sinful acts and bid on stolen art. And when I say stolen, the vast majority of it was stolen by Nazis. It is probably mostly ex-Nazis at these gatherings. Uh, that being said, there are many other criminals, including some connections with uh, Vegas interests and Chicago American Crime Syndicate interests. Uh, but even uh, from deep within the communist bloc, arch-criminals attend this uh, this auction every year. Now, of course, we've known about it as existence for decades and i imagine that some of you have seen the file but diamond face took over this uh this operation very ruthlessly uh, some years ago now we want you to go to this auction because diamond face is known to carry with him at all times a computer disc and of course this is the 80s we're talking about like a big seven inch you know huge floppy computer disc uh, probably, probably but, five uh, and a quarter, maybe. Or five and a quarter. But yeah, that's Diamond Face is kind of a an arch badass, so it's he's got the smallest disc that <laughs> they, they can have. So let's call it five and a quarter. And uh, but this disc contains for the auction to function as it should a great many Swiss bank accounts linked to code names. This would be an invaluable thing for us to have. Uh, just a vital piece of intelligence. That's chiefly your mission. However, we need to get you into this criminal art auction. You will need to come up with some convincing cover stories. We will provide backstory criminal records to back things up if that should prove necessary. Paperwork, arrest uh, records, so on and so forth. But you'll need to come up with some convincing criminal personalities. Um, We're going... I'm sorry. I was just gonna say I'm a little I'm a I'm a little too young to be a Nazi. Probably uh, I don't think they're gonna buy that, so I gotta come up with something else. Well, that's true, and of course your previous uh, your previous characters that you've used before are already probably known to uh, you know the World Criminal Organization. So unfortunately, the no more Boyman. <laughs> oh. uh, but uh, that's too bad. I, 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 I love I love that guy. I'll give you some time to think about that, of course. We, we will need that time to get paperwork together, which we'll have to do in the next 24 hours. We need you on a plane to Macau because the uh, art auction is uh, the day after tomorrow. You will need bait to get in, however. You need a painting. You need something to bring to the table. Otherwise, you're just you're just anyone walking around. It would be very right to suspect you. Now, we have a double agent that we occasionally work with. Uh, the code name, you can just call him Cameron. If anyone questions you as you arrive at this auction, you, you mention Cameron's name, and uh, it will be a boost to you, although you will have to rely on your own ingenuity and, and uh, thinking on your feet. But this Cameron should get you in as a reference. We have a painting for you to bring. It is a lost painting. Have you ever heard of the artist uh, Jacques-Louis David? He's a great French neoclassicist. And uh, I, I, I bet you Niles maybe has heard of him because I imagine he was highly educated at, you know, Eden or somewhere, <laughs> Oxford. I don't know. Sounds familiar. And uh, hey, for all we know, though, hey, maybe Vinny's been to the museum in New Jersey. But, uh, no, what the fuck? <laughs> Come on. Well, you, you may be familiar with a famous painting called The Death of Marat. It's a, a French uh, revolutionary who's laying dead in his bathtub with his arm. Uh, 
held out. This guy, uh, David, did a, uh, all the great obnoxious paintings of Napoleon, you know, looking like a Roman emperor on horseback and things like that were painted by this guy. Uh, however, early in his career, Alexander Keane continues in character, he painted a painting, uh, La Dame Blonde, uh, which of course is French for the blonde lady. And it was a nude, very, not a, not a, uh, conventional choice for him. It was done very early in his career, they say, at the request of no other than the Duke of Lorraine, who is a brother of King Louis XVI of France, the last king of France, unfortunately, uh, at least at that time. This was right before the French Revolution. But he, uh, David painted this nude of Rosalie Duthay. She was sort of history's first strumpet, as it were, uh, centerfold, the first accidental centerfold, one of the first women to be widely painted and, exhi and uh, exhibited nude, a great courtesan, a uh, strange uh, woman in her own right with an interesting story who frankly lived to a ripe old age and had a fairly good life and survived all the, vic the vicissitudes of the French Revolution. But she was uh, said to be breathy and vapid and silly and played, uh, played dumb and things like that and possibly really was very stupid. Her critics refer to her as the first dumb blonde. However, there was a, this painting was lost. I told you it was for the brother of the King of France, the Duke of Lorraine. He is said to have died while contemplating this nude portrait done by David. For whatever reason, he had it hung in his bath. <laughs> and, while con and while contemplating it, he is said to have died of heart failure. He was whacking it to the horizon. Well, be that as it may, the, the painting has had a certain mystique, and it disappeared during the French Revolution. However, there has always been persistent rumors that it was spirited away to America at the time uh, and went into the possession of the Van Dorn family of New York. They've always denied it over the, over the centuries, of course. But we have paperwork authenticating this painting, and he rings a buzzer on his desk. Goes, Rose, will you please will you please bring in uh, La Dame Blonde? And indeed, a painting of a girl in a bath. It's a French painting, a girl with uh, you know uh, nice big hips, relatively small bust uh, compared to the standards of beauty in the 1980s. But it's uh, definitely a sensual painting, but also extremely well done and uh, extremely lifelike and it has a certain gravity to it and she actually doesn't look like a dumb blonde in it at all but a very knowing and powerful lady is certainly the way that uh, Jacques Louis David painted her now gentlemen I'm going to tell you a secret says Alexander Keene this is a Let forgery not, isn't it? It, it I was just going to tell you that Niles you are very uh, astute we can only hope that uh, Diamond Face is not as astute however this is an extremely well done forgery it's the best that money can buy I will tell you what half of uh, our year this year's budget went into this this forgery it should survive any ultraviolet light test we've used uh, period pigments it's been artificially aged uh, also we are relying very much on the fact that uh Diamond Face will wish it to be true. This is a painting he's known to have searched for. So, you will have this. You also have extensive documentation to back it up. You're handed a thick manila envelope full of all kinds of proof that this is the authentic painting 
from uh, museum directors and art academics. And there's also records of uh, transfers of ownership going back and back, uh, back to the 1700s from the Van Dorn family in New York. So it matches up with the rumors and the legends that it was spirited away to America because, uh, um, you know, it was just too embarrassing for this to be found among the, the dead Duke of Lorraine's effects. Um, uh, and it would later become embarrassing to David, who was probably happy for it to be lost because David was the favorite painter of Napoleon and painted all kinds of pictures of Napoleon's brothers and sisters, things like that. So yes, it is a risk, of course, because I am telling you, honestly, it's a forgery. I wouldn't want to send you in blind. If it was still the 60s, we would have sent you in blind, but this is the 80s. We can't do such things anymore. We have a heart now. Uh, that being said, we do believe it will get you there. But remember, your goal is not so much to fool Diamond Phase into thinking this is real permanently, but into thinking this is maybe real long enough for you to get that disc from wherever he's got it. It'll be on his person or in his room, or it'll be very close to him at all times. Of that, we're quite certain. So, uh, what's on the disc? Did you tell us already? Yes, on the disc is a extensive list of Swiss bank account and Cayman bank account numbers associated with code names. Now, while it doesn't let us know exactly who is using them, through a process of deduction and extensive study, it will be an incredible intelligence coup just for the numbers alone and checking the activity on them and so on and so forth. As I say, criminals from all around the world know, are known to attend this auction where they, they flagrantly feast on endangered species and uh, white slavery deals are conducted, it is said, and so on and so forth. We did send an agent there back in 1974. He never came back. Ooh. So, I also have to tell you that I believe that uh, Israeli intelligence may also be very interested in this art auction. For a variety of reasons, since much of the art that will be auctioned there was stolen from Jews by Nazis. And so I would uh, urge you to keep your eyes open. As you all know, the Mossad is uh, very trigger-happy. If they think they're dealing with any out, uh, outside intelligence organization, they may shoot first and ask questions later. However, they can be fierce allies if you can make friends with them. But we do have intelligence uh, that there may be a uh, one of their best agents on the ground there already. And you, we will need to get there as soon as possible, as soon as you can come up with some convincing cover stories and we can have our best forgers work on that and get your documentation together, including any criminal history. So uh, I think you'll love Macau if you get a chance to see much of it at all. It's one of the last great free places on Earth. Believe me, it won't stay that way long. Truly a place where anything goes. Do you gentlemen have any any questions that leap to mind immediately? Well, I do not. Yeah, I can't think of nothing, but uh, I'm just trying to think of, like, a good uh, cover, uh, you know, identity. Well, I've got the perfect name for myself. Um, it works perfectly, I think. Uh, it's Dorian DeLorean, and... That's great. And, um... Uh, and noodles, why don't you, uh, since you are of a, a t Italian persuasion, uh, and I believe uh, DeLorean is Italian, um, you could uh, play uh, my nephew or some something. Definitely not my son, but you're my nephew. 
to like uh like it like Italian from uh from the mother country or like uh no um maybe uh first or second or I don't know the generations but um you're not you weren't born there no one would believe that well I unless you think you can do a convincing it Italian accent. Oh, hold on, hold on. All right, let, let's, 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 let me try this out. <clears throat> hey, uncle, what what do you think about this? <laughs> well, make you the pizza. Yes, uh, that's uh, quite remarkable, actually. Now, Niles, I don't believe I've heard your uh, Italian accent since that. Um operation in morocco 1971 if you recall that was certainly fun um you know i maybe we just scratch this whole idea um i'm going to speak like this this is what i'm comfortable with and um you know no, this nobody gonna believe you're italian if you talk like that well why don't we just be uh, Italian heritage. We don't have to be born in the mother country. I'm from London. I'm going to say I'm from London. And um, I think the Italian is just an excuse to use the name Dorian DeLorean. So yes, that's right. And I thought maybe you could uh, you know, be of uh, relation to me, but uh, you're uh, if you want to come up with some other uh, alias, you're. You're perfectly welcome to. Well, while he's thinking about that, one important aspect of this Dorian DeLorean's character, says Alexander Keene, is of course he must be a criminal. He must have some criminal interests. So you might think about just what line of work you're going to tell Diamond Face's people that you're in. Well, couldn't we just be uh, art dealers? Um... You would be very new at it. If you were an illegal art dealer, Diamond Face would already know your reputation. That's true. But. Well, I don't. I mean, I know a little bit of Japanese, but I don't look very Japanese. I don't think that's going to work. No, I, I don't think we can convincingly do that. I've seen it tried before by British intelligence. Yeah. In and. 67, it didn't work. I learned my lesson from Jamaica, um, and I will not be in blackface this time. <laughs> That was a rather vicious beating. That was one of the more vicious beatings one of our agents has ever endured. I mean, your your constitution was incredible. Well, and how was I supposed to know that the makeup would wash, would melt right off in the Caribbean sun? <laughs> it is very hot there. Very hot. Uh, at any rate, gentlemen, you'll find it can be rather warm in Macau. But uh, we'll need you on that plane immediately, so we'll get the, uh, uh, as soon as we get a name together for you, uh, young Vinny, then uh, we will get these this backstory in order. Now, what kind of criminal record should we establish then? Well, uh, maybe we are traitors of, uh, I mean, of a certain type of thing, people. Slave yeah. trade. White slavery? Yes. And I could be um, sort of uh, the... I don't... Vinny is more like a pimp, I, I think. But uh, <laughs> I could be some sort of uh, overseer or something. 
Okay. Well, I could be like uh I could be like a, a French guy like uh who like traffics in like uh you know like like human trafficking and stuff or something. I don't know. Do they do that over in France? I don't know. I imagine they do. Well, they, they do it everywhere, unfortunately. Yes. Well, we we do we do have strong intelligence that uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, that uh, slave slave deals go down here. You don't need to walk in with a line of slaves all you know chained up behind you. These are hush hush at at the table while you're having drinks, sort of deals with merchandise exchange later. It's as good a cover as any. Rather, rather dark and sleazy, but then again, we work with what we've got. You know, I think you should be um, maybe a French uh, slave trader, and and I'll be uh, an underground pornographer, <laughs> maybe. All right. Actually, then- that fits you for some reason. I don't know why. All right, all right. So, and that's how we know each other, right? Because, like, uh, I get you, uh, I get you, the people to work in the, in the, in the, in my dirty films. Yeah, yeah. All right. And, uh, Vinny, have you thought of a name yet? Says Keen. Meanwhile, Rose is getting ready to write all this shit down and take it out and make your documents. Uh, Jean Pierre Rousseau. Jean Pierre Rousseau. Russo, Russo. It's, it's, it's got to be in the back of this world, yeah. Russo. Well, I was never good at languages and uh, accents, which is why I'm, I've always, uh, well, since 1974, I've been on the desk. But that was when I took that bullet. Uh, you were there in Majorca. You remember, Niles. We go way back here. Now. Yes. Yes. You know, I've, I've, I've always wished I could encourage you to take a desk job here at NXX. You'd be invaluable in the classroom teaching youngsters. I hope you'll think about that. I've got too much fight left in me. Well, we hope you won't have to fight too much where you're going. As, as I say, Mikhail should be wide open. I'll encourage you to go ahead and take whatever equipment you think you'll need. And uh, uh, that being said, we'll just put you on an airplane without further notice after we get a few documents. We'll put a few minor arrests on there to uh, add credibility to any stories, so on and so forth. And unless you have anything more to say to him, we segue straight back to your apartments for a quick shower and a quick pack of a bag. You will need formal wear. And a quick uh, jaunt to the airport and fly across the world to Macau, which is across the bay from Hong Kong in China. And it's a lot like Hong Kong, you know, a little enclave of foreign rule inside of China. And... uh, I don't know if Niles has ever been there, but I'm sure Vinny certainly hasn't. But this is... uh, We didn't even know it was a place. (laughs) A place, yeah. Yeah, well... uh, So is this a place where, since it was a a Portuguese colony, do they speak Portuguese or is... No, they speak Chinese mostly, but they also speak a lot of English and they speak many languages here. Just like they use all countries' currency interchangeably. Um, That's why it's a great place to come here and uh, do illegal deals and so on and so forth. It is tolerated by communist China for whatever reason. And uh, people talk about the Macau problem or the Macau question. What are we going to do about this base, you know, this great big lawless sort of city uh, right here at this strategic point on the Pearl River? And uh, all of that you can get from, you know, further mission briefings. But 
as you land in the air, you have to go to Hong Kong and land. Now, Hong Kong, I bet Niles has been to once or twice, but there's no time to stop and look up your old haunts and show Vinny uh, all the wonders of Hong Kong that you could take him to. Oh, Hong Kong in the late 60s, what a time that was. But now it's the 80s, and Hong Kong is much more business-like. But you guys have to get on a great big ferry boat. It's a big old three-story old-school steamship that takes you across this brown bay. The waters are all brown from the Pearl River that comes out. And it looks pretty urban at first, but once you get out into the islands in this bay, and you're on this crowded, crowded ferry, there are all kinds of cars on the ferry, but there's also all kinds of people on the ferry. Obviously, most of them are Asian, but you hear all different kinds of languages spoken. And uh, there are a few European-looking people uh, clustered here and there and about, but as I say, it's very crowded. Now, as for whether anyone looks suspicious or anything like that, I'll leave that up to your internal sense of games and theory. And I'll let you make a games and theory roll to see if you see anything untoward or out of the ordinary. So you would just need to roll your number or less on a d10. And this is uh, as we're arriving in Macau or in Hong Kong? as you're on the ferry. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, from, from Hong Kong to Macau. I do not succeed. And we're rolling a D10? Yes. Vinny doesn't notice anything out of the ordinary. That being said, though, this is a foreign country. He's out of his element, and there's about a thousand people on this very boat. Probably more. I don't n- notice anything either. Well, you know what? I don't know if there's anything to notice. It's just always good to check these things. But without anything untoward happening, the three-hour journey passes in a relative beauty because the sun is setting behind Macau as you approach it uh, out of the east on the Brown Bay. And you can see the Pearl River stretching up into, you know, the heart of the Orient. And then there's this great sort of neon lawless city out before you. You can see there are communist Chinese gunboats right on the other bank of the river. But, but they are so complacent that they've got laundry hanging out between their gunboats. I mean, they're just there for show. And the, uh, a, a chatty local points out to you the, uh, the navy of Macau. It's just like one little, it's a token navy. It's one little boat with a like 1800s Gatling gun on it behind a little metal shield. Um, they're not even worried about invasion for whatever reason. Mostly, though, you see a lot of sign pollution and uh, poorly done neon. And um, it's hard to get a good view across the city. But the biggest and ugliest building is a teal color. It's about nine stories high. Behind that, there are a few bigger buildings. But here on the waterfront in the bay, that's the biggest building. And you know that's the Central Hotel where this auction, this illegal annual auction, is supposed to take place. It doesn't happen here every year. They move it every year. This is just the perfect location for it, really. Um, That means that, like you, your quarry, Diamond Face, will be traveling. It's not like he has his personal fortress to hide in, you know. But you've also been briefed that the Central Hotel is uh, really only theoretically a hotel. It's not really a hotel. What it is is a giant casino and uh, brothel. And it's sort of world infamous. And they say that Diamond Face got the whole thing rented out. He's still allowing all the casino action and brothel action to go on. But the top 
several floors will be reserved solely for his guests at this auction. So that's where you'd have to go to get get into that, which is uh, going to be tomorrow night. And you, in the meantime, probably want to find a place for yourself to stay, since that's not really a hotel. And uh, you have heard that the uh, Bella Bella Vista is probably about the best hotel around here for the money, and it's close to the waterfront. Otherwise, what you can see is it gets closer and closer and closer. The ferry to where they're going to drop you off is just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of boats all lined up on the waterfront. And now the sun's going down behind the city. It's almost like blinding you where it does come through and uh, just dripping the whole scene in this sort of blood-red light. And uh, the biggest thing you see is a firecracker company, a great big warehouse with big neon firecracker lights. And they make the best firecrackers in the world here because they're totally unregulated. And that's just one of the many things you see. But a lot of the signs are in Portuguese as well as Chinese. And uh, you are, with a great bump, the ferry comes up and you guys are uh, let off into the, into the wonders of Macau. And uh, you guys can go ahead and as you wander off the ferry, you can go ahead and make games and theory rolls again because I know that uh, you're careful agents and you keep a watch about you when you transition from one thing to another but Vinny is she, Vinny does not look happy so I think he did I got, not I got right on mine well maybe it's just because you see an attractive woman Niles but you do notice an attractive woman who seems to make eye contact with you a little too long and turn away a little too nonchalantly and then start and start talking to another uh, man who could be your boyfriend, could be your brother, kind of hard to tell. They're dressed like tourists, and he has a camera. Um, she wears really short khaki shorts and uh, is very fit and attractive. Dark hair. They look like they could be Mediterranean, maybe. Maybe Italian, maybe Arabic. Too hard to tell from here. But maybe she just thought you were a handsome older gentleman. But That's you almost, probably it. You almost got the sense, though, that that guy with the camera might have been taking a picture of you. Uh, yeah, and you just turned around to notice the, you know, the end of that. But while this is happening, everybody, including them, are all now walking off the boat. And um, noodles, uh, I'd like to uh, uh, get your attention. Uh, there was a woman who was uh, staring right at me, and um, she's with a man who has a camera, and I don't know. Maybe uh, they were using this camera, so let's. Hmm, maybe we should follow them. I'd like to see what's on that camera. I I think perhaps you're being just a bit paranoid. Perhaps I saw nothing of like this, but um, we can follow them if you want. <clears throat> and I see we are already in character as uh, Jean-Pierre Rousseau. Well, uh, you notice uh, you're professionals, and it becomes very clear to you that as you are lingering, they're behind you, right, as you guys are getting off the ferry. And so as you linger about waiting for them to go off somewhere, they too are lingering about. They're pointing at the architecture, and he's taking pictures of buildings, and in fact, there are lots of really cool buildings, but ironically, they don't look like... Uh, you know, wondrous buildings of the Orient. They look like fading, decaying European 
mansions and townhouses and they're all just crammed together along the waterfront a lot of people are still living in them they've been chopped up into an apartment you know their lower their lower stories are uh are markets and things like that but uh th this couple they don't they don't just uh, hurry off anywhere for you to follow they are lingering around and it becomes a little awkward i think uh, do they do we have cameras with us well i don't think so unless uh unless you would have said something about that beforehand uh but it's not that hard to go buy a camera or anything else in Macau. You guys have, I imagine, like, not huge suitcases, but little overnight bags with you. Because you probably, you got to have your formal clothes and things like that for the auction. But, uh... I'm going to, um, go up to, um, the couple... Well, and, the second you start to do that, you can just see this oh shit look go over the girl's face. She masks it really well. But, right. uh, and then the guy plasters on a big toothy smile. And, uh, Vinny, do you follow Niles over to talk to this couple? Uh, yeah. I'm just, uh, hello there. I, I noticed you were taking pictures. Uh, you must be tourists, and I thought maybe I could just help you out. And and uh, if you wanted a picture of yourselves, I can hold your camera and, and take a picture of you. Go ahead and make a psychosocial role there, uh, <laughs> Mr. Niles Thorpe. As this girl, uh, even though she's so dark-complected, her eyes are like icy blue. It's a really arresting uh, look. Uh not rolling so well, but you know what? We have luck points, don't you we? You sure do. You have three Got luck three. points. Yeah, I'm going to spin that. I don't want to mess this up. And that time I got a five, which passes. Meanwhile, Vinny, the guy, the big toothy guy, um, he's not really taking his eyes off you. And Vinny, uh, you can just tell he's he looks at your shoulder, looks at your hip. He's trying to see if you're armed. He's getting a sense of you physically in case he has to fight you. You can just tell this guy's sent, sizing you up. But the girl, in fact, oh, oh, let's not play games, shall we? We might be here for the same reason. We could be able to help each other. I hear the Bella Vista Hotel is very good. Why don't I've heard that? Why don't we? Go there and uh, have a drink, a double date, as it were. Ah, oh, and she speaks. Yes. Uh, and she speaks perfectly good English, though, like uh, uh, maybe a north northeastern American accent. Um, she certainly has an air of the exotic about her, though. And, uh, and she said, "This is Avi, and uh, I am Rosa, Rosa Hotbush. Pleasure to meet you." Yes, uh, Arshante. H-O-T-T-B-U-C-S-H, or whatever, you know, it's a hot bush. But, yeah, Rosa, you go with uh, Avi and uh, Rosa Hotbush to the uh, veranda bar of the Bella Vista Hotel. And it looks right out onto the bay. And it's not the, the crappy part of the bay either. It's nice. And there are uh, beautiful lights across the bay from the other part of, uh, of Macau and the islands. And then the little bobbing lights of the night fishermen out is very romantic and beautiful. And then behind you is this modern anything goes city with what is 
supposedly has got the, they've got the world's largest brothel here in this town, supposedly. And it, like anything else, it's an anything-goes sort of place. But here on the veranda, you have drinks. they got little umbrellas in them, you know, and so on and so forth. My my brother and I, she says, once you've se- seated yourselves down, um, we work for with some friends, a group of friends. We'd like to get some pictures taken, some photos. Since you've shown an interest in photography, perhaps you'd like to take some pictures with us or for us. Um. Well, who would I be taking pictures? Of or what and for who? Well, I'd say you'd probably be taking pictures of people about your own age. She's speaking to Niles, of course. At a party that uh, my brother and I are not going to be able to get into. But our friends who we work with told us that coming on the ferry, there might be some gentleman who might be going to this party. And we wanted to talk to you, make friends with you. Maybe we can work with you. Uh, we have uh, plenty of friends in common, probably. And uh, at any rate, all we would like is for you to just take a few pictures for us at this party. We have some cameras you can borrow, and you meet with us afterwards, and we will pay you handsomely. I'd do anything for those pictures, says Rosa Hopbush. Anything. I see. Well, I. Uh can't turn that down. I, uh, well, of course, take some pictures, uh, this party. I'm, a, I'm very, uh, sad that you won't be able to attend. It's too bad. What about, but, uh, what about your friend, says Avi for the first time. And Avi's accent, this guy's just straight up Israeli. You know, the second he opens mm. his mouth, it's pretty obvious. And if you hadn't thought of it already, you remember Alexander Keene's uh, reference to the Mossad and Israeli intelligence having some interest in this and so on and so forth. Maybe who you're dealing with here. And he's speaking directly to Vinny. Yeah, he talks directly to you, but uh, yeah. Vinny says, uh, Oh, désolé, monsieur. Uh, mon anglais est très mal, très mal. All right, play it that way, he says. But, uh, I mean, I, I understand uh, a, a some bit amount, but I, I, you, we, uh, she, he's going, you have my, my friend take some photograph. He said, no, he, that'd be funny if he just started speaking French to you, but uh, no, he, uh, first of all, Avi looks like he's spoiling for a fight with somebody, you know, but, uh, but. Rosa, Rosa Habos, you know, has a cooler head. And I would greatly appreciate it. But she's offering to pay you. So you don't know that she knows that you're agents of any kind. She just has intelligence that people who will be going to the party are coming off of that ferry. And she guessed that you're it. And, uh, okay. And, you know, she goes, and you know, we Israeli girls. We can be so thankful, so thankful to the people who help us. She says, she looks meaningfully at you both. And I'm, I see. And I'm sure most Israeli girls in real life are not like that, but hot spy ones are. 
<laughs> misogynistic 80s action thrillers. Uh, so, uh, uh, we, we're going to take some photographs then? Is that... Uh... Yes, froggy boy. We're going to take some pictures. I know you understood what she said. Avi, the guy, looks around the room and he says, take a look here. And he puts his hand in his pocket and pulls out and laying on his palm is a little, it looks like a button for jacket. This is the camera. Oh, this is uh, not like, well, we've dealt with small cameras before but this this is very small this is a prototype oh yes we want you to take a picture of everyone at the party who appears to be over the age of 40 to be on the safe side hmm. well don't mind if there's a couple of uh, young cuties in there as well that I happen to take a picture of self you don't have to take pictures to see young cuties says Rose. Well, but maybe I just can't help myself and I'd like to, you know, take a picture. It'll last longer. Very well. We'll meet you right here at this hotel the morning after the auction. That's tomorrow night, so I recommend you get well rested. Uh, well, okay, I, yes, I, I, I do need my rest. I assume you've established your credentials there already? Yes, you are correct. Of course. Well, very good. I hope to see you again. Oh, I'm sure you will. Hot bush. So did he, he give the camera to Niles then, I take it? No, he actually gave it to you. Oh, he gave it to me? Okay. Yeah, because he, well, he was sitting across from you and he had it in his palm. Niles could take it if he wanted, but uh, he handed it to Vinny. So describe this. It's like a little... Well, button it's a little bit a... thicker than a than a button for a jacket, but it would go with any formal coat, you know, any formal dinner jacket or anything like that. And, and uh, how do you take how do you take a picture with it? Well, what you got to Just... do, you realize you've got to squeeze it. You got to do a little bit of uh, okay. straighten your tie or adjust your flower or do some business. You got to be a little bit sneaky. And uh, shouldn't be too hard. Yeah. Anyway, he he explained to you that uh, it should be able to get about thirty pictures, but it's not going to be able to get any more than that. And this is cutting edge spy technology, man. This is just the next level stuff. Okay. Um, I think I uh, better hold on to that. Uh, uh, just fine with, with me. You take. You take. I don't. Uh, I don't want to photograph the peepers. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I uh, just better. Oh no! I don't. don't. <laughs> he's got shaky hands, but he's <laughs> <laughs> not that shaky. And don't. And by the way, something I should have asked earlier is, uh, and you know, this painting, uh, La Dame, La Dame Blonde, La Dame Blonde, uh, is uh, not huge. It's enough that one of you guys could have it in your suitcase or overnight bag. Which one of you guys actually carrying it in your bag? Uh. I think Niles would like to. I think, yeah, I don't think Vinny would want to be responsible for that. Well, he is the he is a pornographer. His cover story is a pornographer, and this is sort of like 18th century neoclassical uh, pornography. But having agreed to that, uh, 
Avi and uh, Rosa Hoppush leave you to it, and you can uh, get rooms there for the night if you want. Or you can, mm-hmm. or you can go to the Grand Hotel or the the Central Hotel where the auction's happening and establish your credentials tonight, maybe in advance of tomorrow. Either way is up to you. You never know what kind of trouble you can get in walking across Macau. You know the triads run the place, of course. Triads are outlawed in Hong Kong, but here they're allowed to exist openly. What time is it? Well, it's not it, good. it only just got dark, you know, within the last hour, so. For a young man, I'm sure it feels like the night is young in an exotic city. Well, a little, little jet lag, perhaps, but that's true. A little jet lag, and I'm, and he's a professional, you know. But tomorrow night is the big auction. But there will certainly be action happening at the Grand. I'm just, I keep calling it the Grand Central Hotel. It's just called the Central Hotel, the big teal building where uh, they'll be having this auction. That is not in, that is not really a hotel, but a casino and brothel. Sometimes good just to get an early night's sleep at the beautiful uh, hotel, Hotel Bella Vista, and a yes. very a girl who's a local girl who speaks very good English comes out, in fact, to the bar and recommends that you get a room on the veranda with a view of the bay. Set up, set you. Sounds very nice, young lady. Up with a nice double room and with a good view of the bay, we take care of that for you. Yes. Very well. Will the gen- gentleman wipe massage? Um, of, yes, yes, I would, of course. Thank you. And the young gentleman would wipe massage. Uh, uh, okay. Yes, and you find out later, maybe to your disappointment, that it's literally a massage, though. And they give you a bath where you kind of sit in the bathtub, and they pour water over your back and scrub you down and. Give you a massage. It's just an excuse to take a bath and, uh, and uh, they never have someone else scrub you. And they never act offended if you make a little, you know, rude or naughty or sexy joke to them. But they're like, oh, oh, oh no, no, no. That sort of thing. They're, this is a classy place. But you get a good bath and uh, do you just go ahead and have a, have a rest for the night? Yeah, I mean, I think probably in the morning... Uh, I'll go over and like register with the <laughs> the shit people. Okay. All right. Yes, um I could stay up all night and but you know uh I think it's wise to uh do what uh Vinny's doing just to keep an eye on him and so I think I will uh, retire as soon as he does. All right. Well, you're in a double room, which uh, really is a suite where you each have your own individual sleeping area. And then you can hear, though, the sounds of the bay all night long. Um, do you guys close everything up or do you sleep and let the breeze in? Hmm. Yeah, but uh, I think uh, <laughs> I, I'm feeling we better close every door and lock it and all windows. Yeah, too. it seems like the most prudent course of action well i think i think it's probably a- you know assassins coming in on the veranda i right. think uh, we've uh, we've gamed long enough to know that okay yeah assassins do come in on verandas and uh, you would you mm. in fact might feel paranoid by remembering that it was suggested that you take a room on the veranda 
But do you guys want to? Oh, yeah. Do you guys want to make any deeper search of the room beyond that? Just lock okay. everything up. In Definitely search my sleeping area thoroughly. Oh, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. You search your bedroom. Let's start with that. Go ahead and both of you make a, a games and theory roll searching through your bedroom. God damn it. No. I, I have a pretty good games and theory, but I've been rolling nines and tens. Yeah, yeah. you're pretty good. I think Ryan's is about average. I think, well, you got five. Yeah. Man. And a 50 50 chance. Well, no, that's a little better than. No, it's not. That's 50 50 chance. But uh, I was counting zero. But. Um, Anyway, yeah, you guys uh, feel like uh, the rest of the place is probably fine. You know, you, you, don't, all clear. you don't find any bugs or anything like that. But then again, uh, who would who would you know have any reason to bug your your place? Anyway, uh, you you guys uh, go to sleep, and in the middle of the night, Niles, you start to have a dream about uh, Jill St. John. Um, and she's uh, in the bed with you and she starts rubbing your leg with her calf you know kind of playing footsie with you trying to wake you up so that uh, and then that does wake you up and you oh you know you're confused and maybe there's a little nightlight on but suddenly your heart begins to pound quickly really there's something in the bed with you slithering around what do you do I I, I would uh Jump out of bed and uh, turn on the lamp or closest light. You jump out of bed and you turn on the light and the the blanket flies off the bed and there's this huge python that's crawled up into the bed with you. It's gigantic. It's like 12 or 14 feet long and big and and yet, and yet right now it's, it's not very thick. You know, it's maybe only about six inches, you know, thick, but it's really long and, uh, was trying to wrap around your leg in your sleep, and what do you do in that second? Meanwhile, no big noise has been made yet, so I think Vinny might just still be snoozing. Uh, Niles, what, I imagine you're shocked for a few moments when you see this. Now, the thing is not like a striking, biting-type snake, so it doesn't lunge yeah. at you or anything. I'm going to uh, throw the like sheets in the bedspread over it, cover it up okay, well, first. Well, it... It's not going to keep it down, you know, but it crawl when you do that it crawls underneath the bed and slithers and, okay. and coils up under there and now it won't come out. Vinny, wake up. What 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 the fuck? What what the fuck, Niles? What the fuck? What what, what do you mean, man? There's a snake under my bed. It's real. I'm not making this up. It's a real snake. It's under my bed. It tried to squeeze me. Well, cut its fucking head off. Well, I've got to find some sort of sharp instrument. Um, can I look around and see? I mean, no. I don't think I had a knife on me, so... You don't have a knife. I think that... Uh... Vinny, you, you types, you've got switchblades. All right, fine. And I believe he does have a hidden knife. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Vinny's gonna grab his hidden knife, which I mean he's undressed at this point. In fact, he's he's he just he sleeps, all you know, a la mode. Nude. Yeah. Um, so this is so really he, man against nature here, you know. This Tarzan. Yeah, he's not gonna bother putting clothes on. Um, so he just walks over to 
Niles' room and uh, or Niles' sleeping area. Well, if any walks in naked with a dagger and the fucking snake, you said it was under the bed. Yes, it's a big python. Ugh. Squeeze the life what out are you of you. Talking about the snake under the bed. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. What? You, I'm gonna do a little helicopter. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, I get on my uh, down on my on my sort of hands and knees and look under the bed. Oh yeah, there's a big old snake under there, and you feel that you know deep in your soul creepy revulsion you get when you see a snake unless you're just happen to be a snake lover you know there's some deep mammalian hatred for the reptile and uh and yet right now it's not gonna you know you know those things aren't strikers they're ambushers and you think it might leave you alone but certainly you can't go back to sleep in here i'm not sleeping under there i'm gonna sleep in a vinny's bed but put some clothes on for god's sake well, well, do you want to crawl under there and kill it, or flip the bed and then kill it, or do you want to leave it alone and go sleep with Niles in your room? I'm going to crawl under there with the knife. I'm not going to kill it unless I have to. What what he would like to do is to grab it right behind the head yeah, and pull it out and throw it out the window. Okay, okay. I've seen guys do that on TV, of course. So, I, of course, this is huge, but... Your super spy. I say make a combat ops roll. I'm gonna have to spend a luck point. Yeah, I think you probably do want to spend a luck point. Or have a python wrapped around your upper half. And and with a quick grab. Alright, well I got it that time. With a flick of the wrist, you grab the thing behind his neck, and it, it's a strong snake, man, and it wrestles with you and flips its tail all around and smacks you. You get it to the veranda, open the door, and pitch it out into the water below. And uh, looking around again, you find that the drain in the bathtub has been pushed up and out from the inside. The drain wasn't screwed down in, and it's a pretty big drain, like old school... So, I think that's where it got in. I'm going to close. Is there a door? Uh, there's a bathroom door, I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to close that. Okay. Well, and I'll, yeah, I will definitely uh, close the drain as well. Close the bathroom door. Right. And, um, mm, well, yes, I think that should be enough. Well, hopefully that will do the trick. And, uh, as you go back to sleep, I imagine, do you go back to your own room now, though, Niles, or do you still want to sleep in Vinny's room? Well, it might be wise if we, because uh, that will, uh, if there's uh, assassins, it might throw them off, you know. Might, uh, you know, it's not a big deal if we share the bed. Well, they are a nice big double bed, so... <laughs> Are you <laughs> are you good with that, Vinny? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, you know, it's uh, don't worry about it. You gonna put some clothes on first? Nope. <laughs> well, Niles, you just had to deal with that. Well, I'm putting some uh, pillows in between. <laughs> there you go, a line of pillows down the center of the. Oh, ain't gonna stop this. <laughs> oh, ain't gonna stop the python. 
Well, the rest of the night passes with only a few awkward incidents um, throughout the night just by accidental moving around. I heard that shot. Gunfire. Well, shit. We have gunfire. I live in the ghetto. Uh, what can you do? Well, anyway, I uh, we'll find out what happens with our characters and perhaps with the gunfire next time uh, here on Goonies World. I'm glad we're able to keep doing this remotely, uh, even with the sacrifice maybe of a little sound quality here and there, but we can live with that if you can. And I will see you guys next time.